Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it's Anthony from Maze and Brew. Really quickly here before you get into our latest episode, stop what you're doing. And make sure you're subscribed to Maze and Brew Podcast, and please leave us a five-star review. Here's what's going to happen. If you do this, you're going to get all of our shows sent right to your phone and in your pocket first before anyone else, before it goes up on the website, anything. Maze and Brew is going to deliver you five podcasts a week, Monday through Friday, plus a post-game show after football and basketball games. So for your quickest analysis and instant Michigan-centric content, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows Leave us a review and hey, tell your friends to stop by and subscribe too. No one else is doing this right now. We're excited to roll this out. So that's it. Let's get on to the show. Welcome in everyone to the first episode of Future Brew, our uh, first Michigan football and uh, basketball recruiting podcast here from Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Uh, Jonathan is uh, with me today. Jonathan Simmons, our other recruiting writer here at Maze and Brew. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Jonathan. I don't believe uh, you've ever been on a podcast on Maze and Brew before. Is this your first one? Yeah, this is actually my uh, debut appearance on any <laughs> podcast, actually. So I'm excited to be here and talk some Michigan recruiting. Well, we're certainly happy to have you here. Uh, if you don't follow Jonathan's work on Amazing Brew, go ahead and do it right now. Uh, he, he does some really good work uh, recruiting, scouting-wise. Uh, he he knows where the talent's at, and uh, he's he's got a, a story on AmazingBrew.com right now, um, actually, about uh, a few uh, uh, recruits and commits 
that began their uh, 2019 high school season. So go check that out. It's called Friday Night Recaps. Go check that out if you get the chance. But um, yeah, so today um, we are here with you on August 27th, heading into August 28th. And uh, we want to just begin the show, um, you know, not, not go too uh, too deep into this since this is just our first show, but thought we would, uh, you know, give you a, a, a little sneak peek of, uh, the weekend that is the first weekend of football. And, uh, there's going to be, uh, some big time visitors at the big house for the middle Tennessee state game on Saturday. And one of those guys, uh, reportedly is Brennan Rice, the, uh, three-star wide receiver, uh, son of Jerry Rice. And, uh, you know, Michigan has been recruiting him for about as long as any receiver that they've been recruiting at this point in the 2020 class. Um, you know, he, he's got a real good chance of uh, building a good resume for his senior season and bumping that three-star up to a four-star. So, Jonathan, I want to ask you this real quick. What have you seen out of him uh, that makes you think that he could be a pretty good Wolverine if he were to uh, commit to Michigan? Yeah, he's definitely got the – genes to uh perform well at the high level given his uh nfl star father but i think he's obviously a good uh deep threat he's 6'2 um which is good because the michigan's class so far at wide receiver is kind of uh balanced more towards the slot receiver position with uh you got top 100 four-star aj henning and as well as eamon dennis the three-star from massachusetts so they're kind of looking for, I think, an outside, big-bodied receiver who can go downfield, take the top off the defense, and uh, win some jump balls, which I definitely think Rice can do. I believe on his in his first uh, game this year for high school, he put up like five catches for 167 yards or something, according to his Twitter. So he's definitely a big play threat. Yeah, big big play threat indeed. And there, there was a video uh, that was uh, floating around on Twitter of you know, a couple screen passes too. So uh, along with the deep play threat that you had mentioned, uh, it seems like, you know, he, he he would fit quite well into Josh Gaddis's speed and space. He took one of those screen passes uh, in for a touchdown and the other one, he was uh, forced out probably around the five yard line. Um, so it, he's got the speed, he's got the height. I mean, I, I believe he's around 200 pounds or something like that. So he could probably take a, a good hit or two as well. Um, yep. So the, he, uh, the one negative I've seen is that he's like a tendency to attack the ball. So he may need to work on his hands a bit. I think that's the one thing holding him off from gaining that four-star status, uh, kind of limiting his ranking right now. But if you can show that his senior season, I definitely think he's uh, in line for a bump. Now, do you think that he'll get to that four-star status? Just, you know, if he continues to do what he did, uh, build off that first game, do you think he'll he'll end up getting that fourth star? Yeah, that's hard to tell. Uh, this this cycle hasn't been too great with Michigan commits and the re-ranks, unlike last year. Yeah, so who knows? But he's so close to the edge right now. He's like an 88-62 on the composite and 89 is the cutoff. Um, I think especially with the attention that being committed to Michigan brings and Arizona's pretty hot right now for talent in the 2019 cycle. So I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on him. Um, and I think if he gets a good bump, he's like, he's one uh, ranking like 
uh, rating spot bump away on 24-7 from getting to four-star status. So I think he definitely can with just a little bit of a boost in performance. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm trying to think of a comp for, for this kid, and I, I really can't think of one off the top of my head at the moment with, with the size and the speed that, that he has. I, I don't want to compare him to someone like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is a, a composite five-star coming out right. of high school, but but uh, I mean, he certainly has the talent to become somebody like that who can play in the slot, play outside. Um, you know, maybe even do some some return duties if if, if that were thrown his way as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, he's going to be visiting this Saturday for the Middle Tennessee State game. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure that more uh, recruits and commits visiting will the, the news will trickle out uh, in the coming days. I'm sure, um, but. But he, he he had mentioned earlier uh, this month that that he would be committing within the month or very soon, um, you know. And, and Michigan was one of the last uh, visits that he took, if not the last visit. Uh, it, it just kind of seems inevitable uh, that a commitment is is fastly approaching. What what do you think, John? Yeah, I definitely think uh, he was on commit watch even earlier when he visited for that crazy June weekend. Um, he's one of the few to actually not commit that visited um, that after that, he kind of Michigan really jumped ahead. He got all the crystal balls in, and it was kind of a matter of, you know, when, not if with him, but then he, I know the staff was trying to get him up for the barbecue at the big house at the end of July, but he didn't end up attending. And after that, I got, there's probably a little bit of hesitation, where it was kind of waiting a while after and letting that kind of post-visit buzz die off. But I think this, him coming to the Middle Tennessee State opener, it's not a big, like, high-profile game, which means he's probably has some high interest and is looking to make a move, make a commitment at his uh, visit this upcoming weekend. Now, when it comes to visiting uh so early in the season, you, you you can definitely look at it in that aspect of, oh, maybe he wants to wrap up the recruitment and, and you know, just visit for the one game and lock it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in my opinion, I, I would want these guys to take their officials later into the season, maybe for a Notre Dame game uh, in late October. Um, yeah, and, and this isn't with a, a recruitment like Brendan Rice where it's pretty much uh, – you know, in the bag as long as nothing weird happens. Um, but for, for some of these other guys that they're still going after that, you know, aren't as uh, as near of a lock uh, as Brendan Rice, maybe someone like a Theo Johnson, four-star tight end from Canada. Mm-hmm. I would want these uh, those kind of guys to, to visit later in the season. Uh, what, what would you think about that? Yeah, I think it depends on every recruit. Uh, individually like last season I think back to Daxon Hill the number one safety five-star he visited for I think the SMU game which no one would really expect but apparently he said he wanted to do that because he wants the attention like individual attention as opposed to these Ohio State Notre Dame games they're Mm -hmm. hosting you know dozens of prospects and he kind of wanted that the individualized attention that he gets from being one of the only few guys to be there. Um, But I definitely agree that this is a great home slate to get a bunch of guys on campus because there's going to be three, at least three awesome uh, game experiences with the Michigan state, Notre Dame, Ohio state, all being at home. And there's definitely going to be some star studded visitor lists later in the season. Yeah. I, I honestly do think that this weekend 
would be a pretty good visit uh, weekend as well. Uh, just, you know, opening day, um, you know, it's under the lights. This is the first time in Michigan Stadium history that they've ever opened a game uh, to start the season uh, at night. Um, you know, with, with with the way that things have been going, it'll probably happen, uh, you know, in the near future once again. But I, I just think that the atmosphere down in Ann Arbor is uh, – it's going to be pretty electric. You, you, are you planning on being down there this Saturday, John? Uh, no, I'm actually not going to make it, but uh, I know what you mean. And especially, I know Joan Howard's definitely taking advantage here. He's got two five stars going to be on campus in Jaden Springer and Walker Kessler. So it's good to see him also taking advantage of uh, what's going to be a fun atmosphere. Yeah, let, let's talk about Michigan basketball recruiting here for a second yeah. since you brought it up. I, he He's bringing in all these five stars, and it's not all going to be this weekend. There's going to be I, – I think the big recruiting weekend is going to be the one uh, the weekend after for the Michigan football playing Army. Um, but, yeah, just the, the solid recruiting job that he's been doing. And he hasn't secured um, you know a commit yet in the 2020 class, but he's well on his way. What do you think of the recruiting efforts of – of Juwan Howard so far, and and do you think he'll get some of these five star guys? Yeah, it's definitely a major culture shock from the transitioning from B line. Uh, I think just the sheer number of guys that Michigan is in on in the top 100. I guess probability says they're going to get one or two of them. I think their best shot is with uh, Namari Burnett, the yeah. uh, combo guard from California, who's originally from Chicago, I believe, or is yep. And so he's visiting next weekend at the Army game, like you mentioned. Um, so I think that'll be an excellent shot for uh, Michigan to make a move in that recruitment. But I also wouldn't count out Kessler, uh, Walker Kessler, the five-star center from Georgia, who's visiting this weekend. I think there are reports that he was ready to commit with when John Beeline was in still coaching Michigan. But obviously that's changed since. But I think John has done a good job to get right back into that recruitment and handle that transition smoothly. Absolutely agree. The the job that he's been doing so far to make these kids, uh, you know, want to keep Michigan on their radar and, and keep Michigan on their top lists. Because like you said, Walker Kessler and John Beeline had a, a very healthy and good relationship. And, um, you know, Walker Kessler, when, when Beeline left, uh, it, it was reported that, that he was kind of, you know, looking at, at other places, at the other schools on his top list and that Juwan Howard got hired. And, everything kind of got reassured for him that, okay, Michigan is still going to be one of the top schools um, that I want to narrow my, my list down to. Um, so it, it, doing a very good job with that one. Um, you know, he, he's a big time five-star center. He's about seven feet tall, can shoot from outside, can uh, bring it into the post game. Um, he, he's got pretty much everything that you would want out of a big time center. And Juwan Howard had uh, helped develop Hassan Whiteside when uh, he was in Miami. Uh, as an assistant coach with the Heat, and I, I think a lot of these big kids, these these centers, are, are are looking at that and saying, "Oh, maybe I can, you know, go to Michigan for a year or two, uh, get that development under, under Juwan Howard, and, and make it to the NBA." So I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they landed a, um, you know, a, a, a five star center, five star power forward at some point. Namari Burnett, uh, like you said, combo guard. Chicago native, uh, he and Jawan Howard, their families go way back. Um, so he's he's got a leg up in that recruitment already. So it seems like uh, that's probably the best bet to get a five-star uh, commitment, yeah. in my yeah. opinion, is probably with Namari. 
Um, right. I think looking at his, uh, the top list that he put out uh, a couple weeks ago really kind of solidified Michigan's standing there. Uh, the other schools are Alabama, Louisville, Oregon, Texas Tech, which none of those scream blue blood. Uh, like you're not going up against a Duke or a Kansas or North Carolina yeah. here. So I think that's definitely uh, improves Michigan's shot. I would agree. Um, I, Texas Tech, they, they've they've got, uh, you know, the one good season going to the title yeah. game. Maybe that's all you need. Uh, you know, uh, Chris Beard is a it seems like a pretty good recruiter uh, early into his career. So we'll see. Louisville definitely is not what it once was and uh, neither is Oregon. So. Uh, you know, it, that would be great. That would be a, a, a very good beginning uh, to the Juwan Howard era at U of M. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe something comes from that uh, Army, uh, the football weekend. Um, you know, they've, they've got a lot of kids coming on campus, and, and we'll we'll definitely talk about that more next week uh, to preview that. But um, But for right now, I think we're going to take a little short break here, and uh, we'll be right back uh, with more of the show. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to the show. Uh, Jonathan and Avon here. About to uh, roll through some more recruiting for you uh, to end the show. Uh, we think it would be. Uh, good for us in this first episode of the podcast to roll through uh, where we think Michigan football's recruiting class uh, will finish uh, commitment-wise. And, and there are a few guys that Jonathan and I uh, you know, think that will end up committing to Michigan, some of these top target kind of guys. And uh, Jonathan, I'll let, I'll let you uh, name your first guy. Who do you think inevitably will uh, commit to the Maize and Blue? All right. First of all, I'm excluding uh, Brendan Rice because we already talked a good amount about yeah. how likely we think he'll commit even this weekend. Um, first off, I'm going to go a little bit out of uh, a place where you wouldn't expect Michigan to have great success, and that's Southern California with uh, Darian Green Warren, the four-star cornerback. Uh, he's was an Oklahoma commit earlier in the spring, um, but he got a bunch of more offers including Michigan and decommitted pretty soon after that um he's kind of an interesting case because his top six that he released includes uh four uh, big 10 teams uh it's Michigan Nebraska Penn State and Michigan State along with USC and Georgia so it's kind of interesting that he was committed to Oklahoma already yeah. so he's kind of looking out east already 
And now he's still considering a bunch of schools in the Midwest. And so I think it's a good chance that he can leave home, especially with how bad USC has been lately. Um, And another poor season will definitely only help Michigan shot here. Um, Green Warren already has an official visit scheduled for the game at the end of November. So that'll be an awesome uh, experience for him to have and should hopefully be enough to pull him. And it's definitely at a position of need in the 2020 class. Yeah, they're going to need some cornerbacks for sure. They've got safeties galore. And uh, I I feel like just you by yourself uh, have written about that quite a bit. Um, You know, the the fact that Michigan safety classes, um, you know, definitely, at the very least, probably a top three in the nation, if not the number one. Um, Mm -hmm. They've got a ton of guys, Jordan Morant, Makari Page. The list goes on and on, but yeah, uh, Darian Green Warren would definitely be a welcome addition. Uh, six feet tall, 187 pounds. Yeah, like you said, from California, kind of in that same, you know, David Long kind of body type, um, mm-hmm. you know, over in Cali. Um, will be interesting to see how all the official visits and, and things play out. And uh, very interesting that he's got a ton of Midwest schools on his, on his top yeah. six after uh, – decommitting from Oklahoma. I, f- I find that very interesting. Who, who do you think uh, Darian Green Warren's, um, you know, tip top schools are? Who do you think the, the schools are that Michigan's going to be compete, competing with uh, the most? I believe in the past he's actually named Michigan his leader. He said that before. So Michigan's definitely, I'd say, in the driver's seat. But it's you can never count out USC, no matter how bad they are, for a Southern California kid. Yeah. But uh, one thing that does help is he he did attend Matter Day, which has been like a pipeline for USC for years. Um, there's been essentially no point in recruiting a kid from yeah. there if USC wanted him. But this offseason, he transferred away to Narbonne, which is a little bit farther away, and should uh, kind of open up that uh, stranglehold that USC has on his high school. So I think USC you can't count out, and uh, I'd probably say – Nebraska is the other one okay. that uh, you'd be considering to kind of make an unofficial top three for him cool. there. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll name one of my guys here now. And um, at this point, um, I'm not really looking at the player. I'm, I'm more so looking at the position uh, just because the options are running slim here. I'm going to say uh, three-star running back Isaiah Jacobs from Owasso, Oklahoma. Uh, this is the the brother of Josh Jacobs, former Alabama running back and current Oakland Raiders running back. Just got drafted uh, in the first round. Uh, Jacobs, five foot ten, one hundred ninety five pounds, more of your classic in between the tackles kind of guy. Um, you know, Michigan's going to need a running back here to finish this class, and uh, they've got Blake Corum, four star uh, running back, already committed, but he's more so of the uh, quote unquote speed and space kind of back that that they're looking for now, but they're going to still need one of those classic, uh, you know, bruiser running backs. Um, and he's probably going to be the guy. Kyle Edwards was one of their other guys that, that they were going after. Uh, he committed to Alabama last week and um, they were looking at Lawrence to Philly. He had committed to Florida state a couple weeks ago. Uh, they're still probably going to be going after him. It doesn't, you know, really seem like that's a done deal exactly. But um, as of now, I think I'm going to pencil in Isaiah Jacobs for that final running back spot. But I'm sure that with uh, senior season now in in full swing, I'm sure that 
they'll be offering some some new running backs and, and some new names will 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 appear. Um, but as of right now, I, I think Jacobs would probably be that guy. Yeah, definitely. And Jacobs, if he's anything like his brother, he he had a blown. He Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, came kind of came out of nowhere his senior year, and blew up in Alabama notice and took him, and that obviously worked out for them. So I hope I think Michigan's banking on that happening again with his brother, and they've obviously had success in Oklahoma with Sean yeah. Moore. Um, from there, Dexon Hill, obviously. So I think he's definitely a likely candidate. Yeah, and and I know that they're they're going after Marvin Scott, uh, another kind of Blake Corum esque mm-hmm. running back. But it, it seems like he's probably uh, bound for Nebraska. Um, Scott Frost really, yeah. uh, you know, got a stranglehold of that recruitment, and uh, it seems like he's bound to be a, a Cornhusker at this point. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going to pencil in Isaiah Jacobs for now, uh, but. I certainly would not be surprised if uh, some of these other seniors in high school uh, uh, that don't really have big-time offers yet or anything like that, I, I feel like Michigan will probably send out a couple by the time it's all said and done. So uh, you got any other uh, any other predictions on, on who would end up uh, signing with Michigan here? Yeah, I feel – Less great about this one, but it would be a huge addition, and that's uh, four-star tackle Andrew Gentry, who's a bit of a unique case uh, given his uh, Mormon mission, Mm -hmm. uh, which will take two years after high school. So he's more of a 2022 class recruit when you think about it. So his numbers won't count against – his scholarship won't count against this cycle, which gives them the staff basically a free spot to include him. Um, he's six eight, three ten, absolutely yeah. massive guy. And everyone kind of thought BYU was going to uh, scoop him up. He's from Colorado nearby. He's uh, a Mormon, obviously. Um, but then he went. He went on his official visit to Michigan in late June. Nothing really happened. It kind of seemed uh, like they gave it their best shot, but it wasn't going to work out. But then Gentry uh, planned in a, another visit for. I believe the Notre Dame yes. game in October. Um, so that's going to be, that's obviously huge to get a, he took his official visit already. So this will be an unofficial, which means he's paying out of pocket. Uh, it's during his high school season. So there's going to be a lot of, that means that there's a, still a lot of interest uh, among Michigan. And there's been some buzz that Michigan actually pulled ahead of BYU. Something happened over the summer that made Gentry rethink it. And I think he could end up in the class come Saturday. That would be day. a really interesting one. And and this is one recruitment that I've been following quite uh, quite intensively here. And um, it, I, I've talked with Gentry uh, on several occasions. And, and the last time I spoke with him was about a month ago. And, and he said that, yeah, he was going to try and make it out for the Notre Dame game uh, in late October. And, you know, I asked, I asked him uh, if he had any idea when he would want to make his decision. And uh, he still sounded like he wasn't really sure, but he told me that, that he wants to sign in December. Um, so it, I, I really feel like this is going to be a photo finish kind of deal that um, if, if he does sign in December, it'd be one of those, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Wednesday, uh, mid-December signing day announcements where you've got a few hats on the table and, uh and it's it, the decision is probably leading up until, uh, you know, the day or so before that, 
But um, he, yeah, he would definitely be a welcome addition. In my opinion, you can never have too many guys on the line, whether it be offensive or defensive line. Um, and the fact that you would get him in 2022 uh, when some of these other guys that you've already recruited, uh, including those six guys that they got in last year's cycle, they're a little bit older. They're probably going to be the ones starting out and uh, Gentry would probably be around for quite a while. Um, so that would be certainly a welcome addition. I, I, I don't think uh, Ed Warner would be, uh, um, you know, I, I don't think he would not take in that guy. Um, you know, he, he's a beast. He, he's tall. He's he's huge. Um, do you think that these Mormon mission trips are as big of a deal as some people make them out to be, though? I don't think so. I mean, obviously schools like Utah and BYU have – been consistently performing well um and most of their roster is stacked with kids who take these trips um they're able to maintain their you know their physicality their athleticism i think on these trips and like i said i think it just helps michigan's case because this is the class is getting kind of full right now and tots spots are tight so having being able to take this guy is kind of a freebie to store away for future classes is big for them and i think the longer that this recruitment kind of goes on. I think it, it only helps Michigan's chances. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Cause most of the time with these, I, these, these Mormon mission trip situations, uh, you know, they typically favor BYU, uh, the Mormon school, obviously. Um, I know Stanford has had a couple in recent memory. Um, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree that the longer that this recruitment plays out, uh, it's only favoring Michigan at this point. And the fact that he's willing to come back, um, you know, n- not not that it's locked in or anything like that um, officially, but the fact that he's thinking about coming to that Notre Dame game and paying out of pocket for an unofficial visit, that that's big. That's big time for Ed Warner and those guys. So we'll certainly see if they're able to, to reel him in. Um, but the the one other guy that, that I think um, – you know, has a pretty good chance of, of landing in Ann Arbor is uh, a guy that I touched on slightly earlier is a four-star tight end, Theo Johnson. He's from uh, Windsor, Ontario. So just over the river there, he's, uh, he's got, uh, Michigan's got a competition uh, here though. Penn State, Georgia, Iowa, those are the main guys that um, Michigan's going to be going up against. Um now, Theo Johnson's pretty much everything that you could want in a tight end, though. He's about as balanced as they come. He's got the height. He's six foot six. He's got he's got two hundred and forty pounds already. Not even a senior in high school. Um, you know, he he could catch. He can run. He can do anything pretty much that you would ask him to do. Um, I haven't watched him too much in the blocking aspect of being a tight end, um, but I'm sure if you know all these guys are all all these. Schools are going after this guy that um, he could probably do that too. So he he's got pretty much all of the physical traits that you would want in a high school tight end. And uh, mm-hmm. this again, uh, this would be another welcome addition to Michigan's class. They've already got two tight ends committed, but I don't think that they would mind uh, in the slightly uh, taking a third if it's a, a guy like Theo Johnson. Yeah, this was another good evaluation by the staff. Uh, they were in on him early. He's from Canada, yeah. obviously, so there's not too many eyes on him. But after the opening in July, he kind of exploded and turned into a top 100 prospect, and now he's the number t- three tight end in the country. Uh, I think this is going to be down to 
Michigan and Penn State, and I think it's going to be another photo finish. Georgia, I think they just started getting a bunch of crystal balls for Darnell Washington, who's a five-star Uber prospect who's going to play tight end. So I think they might be set with him. And Iowa already has two commits as well, and Johnson already took his official visit there. So I think Michigan and Penn State will have the best shot at landing Johnson in the future, and I think it's going to be a real tight one because Penn State was in on him even before Michigan, I believe, and really made a good impression. But the word is that Johnson's mom really likes Michigan and wants him to stay closer to home because he's basically an in-state kid being from Windsor. Yeah, and and <laughs> we know how much the uh, motherly figures sometimes have right. on uh, on recruitment such as this. But yeah, it, it, at this point, it, it, it kind of does seem like a Penn State-Michigan battle. Um, there were a few crystal balls in for Michigan at one point. I know uh, Sam Webb over at the Michigan Cider had uh, put one in, but uh, that went uh, cloudy at this point. 50% in the crystal balls in Penn State's favor. 50% undecided, and uh, there hasn't been a ton of news on Theo Johnson yet. I, I think this is going to be one that plays out well into the season. Um, probably, you know, if not at the end of the season, probably sometime in November I could see this one going. Um, it, it just seems like this one's going to take a little longer than some of the others, like, uh, you know, like we've talked about with Brennan Rice probably coming to an end uh, very soon. Uh, Theo Johnson, I, I, I believe he's visiting uh, Georgia officially uh, in a couple weeks here, uh, mid, mid to late September. So we'll, we'll have to see how that visit goes. I know that, like you said, his, his mom wants him to stay close to home, but Georgia has had uh, you know, pretty good production out of their tight end spot, um, uh, in recent memory at least. Uh, so we'll see if uh, that has any impact on the recruitment. But yeah, this one seems bound for uh, – either Penn State or Michigan at this point. But uh, any other guys that, that you want to hit on real quick uh, before we wrap up here, John? Um, not really. There's, there doesn't seem to be many guys that I think are almost locks or, yeah. you know, really uh, have a high percentage of joining Michigan's class. There's guys like Kenny Mestador, the defensive end out of Connecticut, um, who has 100% Michigan crystal balls right now, but there hasn't been much of a much buzz around him lately. It seems like maybe Michigan has kind of cooled off on him. Um, there's guys like Malcolm Green who's just so quiet, and Michigan's most likely in his top group. It's just hard to tell where in there. Um, but the staff he's listed as a safety, but the staff would love to take him and move him to that corner spot. He's 5'10", 180, kind of perfect corner size. Um, but, you know, it's so up in the air with him, it's kind of hard to tell. So there's not too many others that kind of seem like that are more likely to join Michigan's class than not at this point, since it's already so full. Yeah, it, it's it's really coming down to the nitty-gritty. You already got 24 commits in this class and probably not all that many spots left. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. You'll probably get a 25th sometime soon here with Brennan Rice. Um but yeah, I guess to wrap up the show here then, John, I want to ask you uh, for a final class prediction for Michigan football for the 2020 class. Where do you think nationally they end up being ranked? And uh, do you think this recruiting class has a chance to to be a real special one? So uh, where do you think they're going to nationally rank at uh, by the time February rolls around? I think they're, they're right now they're 10th overall, but they have the most commits 
in the top 10. So I think they're going to drop just a tad. And my prediction is going to be 12th overall after adding a couple more pieces for the season. Uh, it's kind of diff- kind of splitting the difference between last year's class and 2018's, which was obviously caused a lot of alarm. But I think the difference here is that Michigan targeted all of these guys super early, landed them mostly before the summer even started, and are now just going into the season kind of focusing their energy on their top guys left on the board, whereas 2018 they are kind of left floundering. Guys like Tyler Friday and Jordan Fuller were picking other teams late in the cycle. So I think the difference here is that these are the guys that they want, and Harbaugh's obviously shown that he doesn't care about rankings. He'll trust his own evaluation any day. Um, which I think we should commend him for for that. Um, but I think it'll end up probably around 12th in the country. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm thinking. I think it'll probably be somewhere in that 12 to 15 range. I, I think at the very highest, uh, probably stay around that 10 spot that they're at right now. But I, I, I agree. One, once all these other teams fill out their uh, their classes and some of these five-star guys – Go to some of these other schools and these high four-star guys. I, I think it'll be somewhere between 12 and 15 ultimately. Um, I could definitely see 12. Um, I, I could see it dipping just a little bit. Um, I, but I guess it all just depends on uh, senior season evaluation and the re-rankings. Because we know that there's still quite a bit of re-rankings to go um, in the composite score by the time it's all said and done. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it'll be somewhere in that 12 to 15 range, um, which, which is still a good class. It's definitely not, you know, as, as good as 2019, last season's uh, uh, recruiting class. But it's definitely not a 2018 either, um, where, you've, uh, where you don't even have a top 100 guy um, or anything along those lines. So I, I, I think it'll still be a pretty good class here. Um, you know, de- definitely a solid class to build around. Uh, heading into 2021, which I would imagine we would probably talk about here in the next week or so, um, you know, with some of these other guys in 2020, uh, probably committing here soon with season starting up. But uh, John, I want to uh, thank you, my friend, for coming on to this first episode of the pod. I, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to uh, continue this journey with you and Maze and Brew and, and uh, get this thing rolling. How, how, how do you think we did for our first show? How, how do you think you did? I, it went pretty well, yeah. I think. Not not too bad. Maybe there's a little stuff to clean up, but that'll be uh, – I think it's a good starting point. I'm excited to go through the yeah. season, uh, eventually with uh, signing day coming slowly up. I agree. And uh, listeners, if there's anything that, that you feel needs to be improved or uh, you would like us to talk about, go ahead and leave us a comment uh, in the comments section. We would uh, love to hear from you guys and your guys' feedback. Uh, real quick, we'll just uh, plug our Twitter handles. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where can they find you? I'm at, at Simmons underscore John. Pretty simple. We've, we've got some pretty easy Twitter handles, that's for sure. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter. You can also follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew. And uh, go ahead and like us on Facebook and Instagram, too, uh, when you get the chance. And also, remember, please, to subscribe and leave a review. Uh, for all the shows that we got here and uh, all the content that we bring you guys on Maze and Brew at uh, Maze and Brew Podcasts. That's on Apple, Google, Spotify, 
and uh, pretty much any place that you get your podcasts. So we will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of Out of the Blue. Those guys will be here, and uh, I, I can't wait to hear what they got to say about the upcoming uh, Middle Tennessee State game. It's going to be uh, – it's always an interesting pod with those guys. So uh, they'll be back here tomorrow, and uh, until then, we'll uh, be back here next week for another recruiting podcast. Thanks, guys. See ya.